Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope my message is going to be short, because as I, as I said earlier, right, it's going to be like we're going to have a little, you know, surprise for you guys. So I hope you're going to be surprised. <laughs> okay, as I've said, it's really a privilege to share the Word of God. Actually, I've been sharing the Word of God last night, and I, I said it's actually a blessing because as, as I shared to the group, you know what, during the, the past uh, past week, I was really too busy. I've been like awake for like uh, 38, 36 to 48 hours. And you know, my mind cannot, you know, cannot, you know, uh, how do you call it? I cannot even uh, think, think, think straight. Sometimes I forget a lot of things. I forgot the name of, you know, if you're talking to somebody, right? You cannot, you cannot recall the name. If you're awake for like maybe 40, 48 hours, right? So I said, oh boy, it's really, really tough for me, but as, as I shared to, uh, to, to the group, it was like easy for me during the, uh, I mean last week. I mean, it's, no, it's it, this week, this week, because it's gonna be like Monday, uh, Sunday's gonna be the first week. It's, it was quite easy for me. Uh, I just go there and then, I, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I was, did not ask me to, you know, to work for like 48 hours again straight. So as I've said, it was really, really a blessing because when I checked my schedule, Brother Bobby uh, just texted me, that was Thursday, and I said, he said, I'm going to be the one teaching. So, okay, okay. <laughs> so at least uh, I, I have the time to, to when, I, when I came back from, from work, I really have to, to rush myself because I was, you know what, as I've said, I only have two speaking engagement, right? Today and supposed to be tomorrow, I'm going to be teaching. And uh, Brother Bobby texted me and said, oh, so I really have to rush home. So I have to read my, yeah, our, our lesson. So as I've said, it's really uh, how they call it. I think God really plans, planned for it because as I've said, I was too busy during the, during the past week. I don't have any sleep, but, but he gave me you know, the, the time to at least to study. But I hope you, you're gonna get something out of my, you know, out of the, the word of God. And we always say that, you know, uh, God's word is inaccessible, right? So uh, without uh, further ado, we're gonna start our message today and I'm gonna be sharing to you it's gonna be uh, how they call it. it's applicable to us especially tomorrow it's gonna be uh, Father's Day right and I'm gonna be talking to you about you know uh, men particularly men Christian men okay so I hope you're gonna be uh, you're gonna pick up something from from here from from, from the message well uh, my, my text is found in um, First Chronicles chapter nine verse thirteen. If you if, if you mind, let's uh, let's go there. Hold on, it's uh, in the book of First Chronicles. Okay. I, as I usually do, uh, I ask somebody to read, even if it's a like a message. If you can read, if you found found the, the what you call the verse, if you can read it uh, with us. First Chronicles chapter nine verse thirteen. If you found it, if you could, uh, yeah, okay, brother, thank you. Amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, let's pray. Our great God and lovingly Father, we are so thankful once again, Lord, for this privilege that you have given us to be able, Lord, to share your word. And just pray, God, that uh, the man will be able to, to pick up the message of this, this uh, message, Father. 
Let us pray that uh, please help us, Lord, to, to share it also to the people around us, Father. And once again, Lord, please be with us and please keep us always mindful of the things we're going to be doing. And I hope, Lord, that uh, the things we're going to be learning do not be just going to be passing from one ear to the other. And I just hope that it will change it will change us, Father, especially, Lord, that tomorrow is going to be uh, the Father's Day. And I just pray, O oh God, that this message will, will touch us. It will, you know, uh, give us uh, a new insight, especially that we are the head of the family. And, of course, we're going to be also be uh, helping the church. And it's really, you know, uh, it's really my prayer, Father, that uh, it will, you know, it really affect us with this message today, Father. And once again, Lord, thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us. You give us the, the good help, Father. And special, Lord, that you've given us the, this privilege for that we could once again listen to your word. So once again, Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. As I said, it's uh, in the book of First Chronicles, right? It's talking about men here. Well, uh, according to uh, statistics from churchmen.com, I'm just going to give you, like, uh, statistics, the findings, okay? It says here that the, the typical U.S. congregation draws an adult crowd of 61% female, 39% male. This gender gap shows up in all categories, young, adult, middle age, and seniors, you see? It's like 61% and 39% only for for men, okay, attending. On any given Sunday, there are 13 million more adult women than men in America's churches, okay? Midweek activities often draw 70 to 80% female participants, okay? As many as, you know, 90% of the boys who are being raised in church will abandon it by their 28th birthday, their faith. Many will never return, largely because of the poor example set by their dads. See, that's the findings from churchmen.com. Men have been absent from the body of Christ and a significant number of those who do go to church attend out of habit and are unaffected by what they hear. It's like it's already callous, right? It's already callous, I mean the heart. Quite a few men go to church simply to keep their wives, mothers, girlfriends happy. Yeah. The majority of men who attend church do nothing to serve within the body of Christ. It's really sometimes... This uh, statistics, statistics really, you know, it's really sad, actually. It's a sad uh, what you call findings because, you know what, it's not, it's actually all over the world. It's happening. It's not only in America, but all over the world. It says here, uh, this gender gap is not just a U.S. phenomenon. Churches around the world are short on men. No other major religion suffers such a large chronic shortage of males. In the Islamic world, Men are openly, publicly, and ashamedly religious. Those people who have been working, who work actually in, in the Middle East, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? They are so passionate, right, with their faith. These Muslim people, Muslim, uh, yeah, people, especially the men, they are so passionate with their faith. They always say that, uh, uh, how they call it, that only the radicals is the one really, you know, very, uh, what you call, passionate with their, with their faith, right? That's what they always say, but you know what? Actually, if you're going to ask me, if you try to, to, to check what they're, they're teaching, they said that if you are not, if you are not, if you are uh, not uh, a Muslim, you're infidel, right? You're infidel. So what do we mean by infidel? You're your enemy. So I don't believe that's only the radicals. But it says here, they're really unashamedly religious, right? They're so passionate. They're so, 
they really they even want uh, they even uh, what they call to the extent of to kill somebody for their faith. I don't know if you remember this guy by the name of Kurt Westergaard. He's a Danish cartoonist, actually. He made a, a caricature of uh, Prophet Muhammad, right? And you know what? The Muslim world want to kill him. And you know what happened? You, the Danish uh, government provided him a protection, this guy. And he was even living in a secluded area, protected, because the Muslim people want to kill him until he died in 2005. But now, I believe you heard this one in 2015. Uh, one uh, French uh, uh, newspaper brought out this caricature again. And you know their office was, you know, uh, uh, what do you call, been vandalized. This radical Muslim wants to kill, kill these people. You see how, 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 how uh, what do you call, how passionate they are. But you know what it says here that of the world's major religions, only Christianity has a consist consistent nagging shortage of men. Only Christianity. But look in the Bible and you'll see that Jesus had no trouble captiva captivating men. Ragged fishermen dropped nets full of fish and left all to follow him. But you know what? But today's churches can convince men to drop their you know, remote control. Just maybe a couple of, of hours in a week. Right? But this isn't the first time that has happened in human history. It's happening in First Chronicles, the one we're going to be studying. Not very many people spend their time reading or studying the first nine chapters of First Chronicles. You know why? You know why, right? <laughs> because Moses is actually gen genealogical. You know what is genealogy, right? Talks about the names. <laughs> and you know what? It's like it's really like boring, right? You're going to be reading all the names. In, in, in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, you're going to be reading all the names. And it's like, it's really boring. It's like, it's boring to us because it's like irrelevant to our lives. But it says here, I believe as we look at the passage and, and you'll see it's relevant, okay? It begins with First Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1, in, with Adam, then goes on to cover 3,500 years of human history of the Jews until the time of their captivity and return to Jerusalem. And in this genealogy, genealogies, we see that God is on, is on his throne and that he is in control. And it shows us that when God's people obey him, he will bless them. And if they disobey him, he will chasten them. In First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1, So all Israel were reckoned by genealogies. And behold, they were written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah, who were carried away to Babylon for their transgression. The vast majority of the men in Israel had turned their backs on God and they were taken as captive because of it. You see? You see what happened, right? Because of their hard headedness, they turned back on God. And God told them that if you're going to, you know, uh, uh, turn back to, to, uh, again, or you're going to go against me, you're going to be you know, chastised. You will not be blessed. And that, was it, that happened to them. And I don't know why, you know, how, if you, if you try to look on the history of, of the Bible, right? They always. Go, they always go back and they again go against, go back against, right? It happens many times. And I believe that same thing is happening today. In fact, I've known a few men that had, you know, turned backs on God to follow society's idea of manhood and they have been taken captive by their drugs, alcohol, work, or sexual addiction. And they have destroyed much of their lives, but now they are giving their lives back to Christ. But you know what? It's really a struggle for them. But there was one group of men that had remained. Let's go back to our, our text. 
But there was one group of men that had remained faithful, the one that our brother, uh, what he called, Christian read. In verse 13, speaking of the priests in Jerusalem, the Bible says that they were very able men, right? They were very able men for the works of the service of the house of God. Remember that uh, some, sometimes uh, what you call, we feel that we are defeated, right? We, we feel that we're defeated. But you know what? God always provides a remnant. Remember what happened to Elijah, right? I don't know if you remember the story of uh, Elijah. He had a great, you know, uh, he, he was able to show God's power to, 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 be, to the, uh, yeah. And he was able to kill, you know, the, the prophets of his, yeah, of this king, this, this uh, what do you call? No, I mean, the, the, uh, they were worshiping Baal, right? And he was able to kill, you know, these, all these prophets. But the thing is, he was, I don't know what happened to her, uh, to him. He was, you know, uh, <laughs> afraid to, to Jezebel, right, the, the, the lady. And he was, uh, he, he was, just after his, you know, her, his uh, success, uh, what do you call, healing all these, these, these uh, what do you call, prophets, but then what happened to him? It's like 90 days, was right? He was scared of his life. <laughs> he said that if he, he asked God to kill him if it's, if it's, if it's okay, because you know what? It's, it's like he's just alone. But the thing is, as I've said, there was, there's always a remnant. Remember what happened to, to the, all the Bibles, right? During the time of uh, Hitler, he tried to burn all the Bibles, but you know what? He can, uh, you can never eliminate God's uh, possession elsewhere, even, you know, the Bible. And we know what happened. We have already still the Bible with us. God called men, God called able men to serve him, and that still holds true today. God is calling able men to serve him. The problem is it's getting harder and harder to find men who will take, you know, stand against the cultural norm and say, well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's really hard to find men today with that kind of, you know, uh, what you call stand. It's really hard. But let me tell you, you, God is still looking for able men to serve him. Men who will put on the armor of God, take up the sword of the spirit, and fight the good fight of faith. You, you know what? We are still in a spiritual battle, actually. And God is calling men to take a stand on the front lines. Okay? So what is an able man? Well, I hope you will not take my, my, my pronunciation wrong, okay? I'm talking about able. But maybe you're going to say able or something. Yeah. And uh, the spelling is A-B-L-E, okay? It's able, not e uh, like that one, E-V-I-L, okay? You might take my, <laughs> my pronunciation wrong. It's able, man, okay? So what, let's take a look at what the scriptures say about able, man. I'm going to be speaking only for four points in here, okay? Because I've said, as I've said, I try to make the message as short as I can. If you, but if you are not going to be saying uh, amen, then it's going to be longer, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to make it shorter. <laughs> well, there are four. I'm going to be sharing to you four only. Four, uh, what you call, so, uh, what the scriptures say about able men, okay? The first one is, they are men of availability, okay? We always say that, you know, we always hear in the pulpit that says, the greatest ability is what? Availability, right? It, does, it doesn't matter what abilities you possess. If you're not available to God, you're useless to the cause of Christ. That's true. Even how, how good you are, if you are not using your, your talents, right? Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says here, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said, I, here am I, send me. You see? 
Isaiah responded, responded to, to the call of God. Okay, he responded. I believe we often look, look at men like Isaiah, Abraham, Moses, David, Paul, and many others as great men with tremendous abilities, right? But the truth is they were just a simple man like us. They were ordinary men who, would, who made themselves available to the Almighty God, and God did amazing things through them. Okay, they're just simple men like us. And God used them in great ways to impact the lives of thousands and maybe more, maybe millions, because they like what Isaiah said. Here am I, send me. Unlike Isaiah, so many today are not available to do the Lord's will. Men have put a sign around their life that says, well, do not disturb. I'm just too busy right now. I have too many things going on in my life. I just don't have time to serve God. And they're running around like, you know, chickens with, you know, with their head cut off, right? With no directions. Maybe you feel that way much of the time. You have too many irons in the fire, and you feel like you just can't catch up there. Aren't any enough hours in the day to serve God. But let me remind you of something. You know what? Moses was busy with the flock at Horeb, right? Gideon was, you know, threshing wheat by the wine press. Saul was mule hunting. Elisha was busy plowing. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. James and John were busy mending their nets. And Matthew was busy collecting taxes. But you know what? All these people responded to the call of God, the call of service. See, if you are too busy to be, to be available to God, then you are too busy. You've got your priorities all out of whack, and you're headed for a meltdown. Allow God to rearrange, to rearrange your schedule and use you. Have you ever heard this story about the pigs and the chicken? The pig and the chicken? I think you heard this many times. I think, uh, I believe uh, Pastor Max uh, <laughs> give me, uh, used this example too. And actually Pastor Sam, I believe, and as, uh, as well as Pastor Abel, I believe. Well, this just I want to tell you again this story because it's really, you know, uh, it's very uh, or, or applicable to our message. It says here, a chicken and a pig came upon a church building and read the advertisement in the billboard out front, out front which read, help, help us feed the poor. That is the caption, right? Help us feed the poor. Immediately, the chicken suggested, suggested they help feed the poor with bacon and eggs. The pig thought for a moment and said, well, there is one thing wrong with feeding bacon and eggs to the poor. You know what? For you, it only requires a contribution, but for me, it requires a total commitment. That's true. You know what? Many refuse to make themselves available to God because he demands too much of them. That's why the scriptures tell us to consider the cost of discipleship. But far too many are exchanging eternal for the temporary because they're carnally minded. Their focus are the mom momentary pleasures rather than their heavenly reward in Christ. But if you want to be a soldier in the army of God and stand against the evil forces of our day, you must, take, you must make yourself available and commit your all to God. So an able man is an available man. Let's bring us to our second point. So, see, it's fast, right? <laughs> yeah, it says here, they are men of dependability. Okay, not only they are available, but also they are dependable. In First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says here, Moreover, it is required in stores that a man be found faithful. That a man be found faithful. Well, you know what? I don't know about you, but sometimes me, I got irritated with undependable people. Yeah, people who could be a great asset to the church of Christ. 
but you can just you can you can just we cannot just zero count on them. They waver in everything they do. Remember James one eight says said right. James one eight, a double-minded man is always unstable in his ways, right? So don't be a double-minded man. According to Vance Hubner once said, many saints pre prefer to be flashy comets instead of faithful stars. They go they go up like a rocket, but come down like a rock. You know what I'm trying to point out, right? Maybe you know some people like that. They may be fun to be around, but you can't count on them. It's really sad. I like it when someone says, I'll be there, and they are. It's when they say, I'll do it, and they get it done. I like dependable people. I can count on them. The church can count on them. And of course, God can count on them too. Do you remember in the, in the parable of the talents that, that God you know, gave like five to one, right? You can find this in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 21. It says here, well done, true God, true, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in, into the joy of the Lord. When God finds a dependable man, he gives that man a great responsibilities. Okay? To the one with one talent, God said in verse 26, the wicked and slothful servant. So in verse 28, he said, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. So God chastises the unfaithful and blesses the faithful. And I believe it is also it does that in your life and mine as well. So an able man is a dependable man. It's not only like available man, it's also a dependable man. That brings us to our third point. Amen. See, Amen. it's very fast, right? It's very fast. Because I'm trying as much as I can if I could shorten it. But I hope you're picking, picking up something, even if I'm trying to facilitate, okay? It says here, there are men of mobility, okay? Not only uh, available, not only dependable, but should, you should also be mobile, okay? In Mark chapter 16, verse 1, said, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus said, Go, right? But the favorite song of many is what? I shall not be moved, right? <laughs> Jesus said, Go, but you know, I don't want to be moved. We have got to stop sitting in our recliner and go out into the world and share the good news of Christ. I want to ask you uh, this question What do the first two letters in God spell? First two letters. Go, right? What do the first three letters in Satan spell? Three letters. Sad, right? If, if we want to do good God's work, we have to go get up and go, right? That's a mandate, uh, mandate to us. Moses was will, willing to go from Horde to Egypt. Amos was willing to go from the hills of Tekoa to Israel. David was willing to go from the pastures to the palace. Philip was going was willing to go from the des from the city to, to, the, to the desert, right? And John the Baptist was willing to go from the desert to the city. If I may ask this question to you, where are you willing to go? Where are you willing to go? You know what? You don't have to go around around the world to share the good news. Let's just leave it to the missionaries who are supporting. <laughs> but if you really have that, yeah, well, uh, the heart, or God really give you that burden, then you're then you're you're well supported by this church, I told you. You gotta be supported by this church if you really want to go uh, to be a mission missionary to, to other countries from our church. You are really uh, be gonna be supported by our pastor and uh, of course the church. No, I'm speaking for the pastor now. <laughs> right, pastor, we're gonna be supporting 
Anybody who wants to go? Uh, yes. I'm just trying to confirm it. I might be, you know. <laughs> okay, so if you want to go to be a missionary, yeah, we're gonna, uh, what you call, we're gonna support you. But it says here, you could go next door. You don't have to go around the world. You could go next door, maybe to your friends, to your family, maybe to your acquaintances, maybe to your co-workers, right? Yeah, God doesn't have to, you know, I mean, you don't have to go, you know, to other, you know, uh, far places to be able to, to share the word of God. Maybe just na your neighbors. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 speaks about global mission, vision. We cannot be global if we are not mobile. But let me pause for a while to say thank you for Acts chapter 1 verse 8. We can do it on our own. We need that support, right? And we know that the Holy Spirit is going to support us. That's what Acts 1 8 says. That you shall receive power after that, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be my witness unto, the, unto me both in Jerusalem in all Judea and in Samaria and, into, uh, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You see? We cannot do it by, by our own. So thank, you know, thank God that, you know, there's this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay? So able men are what? Available, right? They are men of availability. The second one is they are men of dependability. And the third one is what? They are men of mobility. That brings us to our last point. See? Just like maybe 10 minutes. They are men of stability, the number four. That's going to be the last. They are men of stability. Okay? Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. As I've said, we are in a spiritual battle, right? And people are falling all around us. And unless we stand fast, we are going to fall with them. How many Christians have you seen that have been entangled again in the yoke of bondage, overcome by their own human efforts and drowning in sin, right? Not only should we stand, but we need to stand in the right place. Remember this, we have, if we make a stand, we should also stand in the right place. Samson was in the wrong place when he lost his strength, right? When he lost his strength, he was in the wrong place. David was in the wrong place when he lasted after Bathsheba. Remember that. Jonah was in the wrong place and wound up in the belly of the great fish. Peter was standing in the wrong place at the fire and he denied Jesus Christ. You weren't able to stand, you know, from the Lord if you are in the wrong place. So we should stand in the right place. Okay? So where should we stand? Well, it says here, stand fast in the, in the liberty for which Christ has made us free. Our freedom is not in our own efforts, work, good deeds, money, attendance. Our freedom is what? in the Lord, okay? Our freedom is in the Lord. So where should we stand? Stand fast in the faith. What does 1 Corinthians 15.13 said? Watch ye, stand watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, right? Be strong. So where should we stand? We stand in the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord, right? So not only we're going to be stand, standing, but we have to stand in the right place. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Well, well, as a conclusion, you say I'm already in my conclusion, right? <laughs> Amen. Let me read uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. Okay? It says here, Finally, my brethren, 
be strong in the Lord, in, in, in the, power, in the uh, power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Before I end, I would like to leave this challenge and a question to you, and of course to myself, okay? You know what? God is looking for able men to stand up, to stand firm, to stand for him. Will we, that man, my question, will we be the one who will put on the armor of God, take up the sword of the Spirit, and fight the good fight of faith? Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, once again, thank you, Lord, for this our word that you have given us, that you have teach us, Lord. Just pray, O God, that uh, we were able to, to get the message. And just pray, O God, that uh, the message will not just remain in our hearts, but rather it will manifest in everyone's life, Father. And once again, Lord, I just pray for all these men that they will continue to support our uh, fellowship. We know, Lord, that uh, there, is, there is strength in number. And I know, Lord, that uh, all the devil is working 24 hours. And I just pray, O oh God, that uh, this man will stand. We're going to put the armor, your armor that you provide, you provide us. I know, Lord, that we are not only fighting uh, a physical fight, Father, but rather it's a spiritual. And I know, Lord, that you're going to help us. As Father, as the head of the family, I just pray, O oh God, that please give us, Lord, also the, the wisdom, Father, to lead our, our family and also be able, to, Lord, to support uh, the, this church that we are in. I just pray, O oh God, that please give us, Lord, the, the joy, the, the heart to, you know, to serve you in this uh, beautiful church, Father. And I just pray, O oh God, that uh, this man will, you know, encourage and he will continue, Lord, supporting our, our fellowship, Father. And once again, Lord, whatever we're gonna be uh, we already learned today, just pray, O oh God, that it will, you know, it will help us spiritually. And we will be able to share it also to other people that we have a God, a living God that, you know, not only uh, that love us, but also that love them. And just pray, Lord, that uh, you give us also the boldness to share. Give us, Lord, the courage, Father. And I know, Lord, that uh, you're going to, uh, what do you call, that the Holy Spirit will help us, Father. I know that it's, it's really easier said than done, Father, but, you know, if the Holy Spirit really uh, works in us, I believe, Lord, that, that we could accomplish many things. Once again, Lord, thank you for your good goodness to us, and please be with us all throughout this endeavor that we are having right now, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you got something on the message.